0: Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. church. Amen. Good morning, Sozo. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> awesome. Pray you are doing well. It's a good day to be in the house or to be joining us online. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, it's, it's a good day. It's been a, it's been a full week in the Blair household, uh, but it's been a good week, and I'm excited to be together with all of you this morning. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in quickly. We, we are, as you could probably guess from that video, or if you've hung out with us at all, we're in the midst of a series through the Gospel of John. Uh, we've been making our way through it, uh, slowly but surely, far more slowly than surely, but we are making our way through it. And uh, <clears throat> and we're actually going to be wrapping up, hopefully today, uh, a, a portion that we've been in for a while. Uh, as we've been looking at this, we've really been trying to hear the heartbeat of of the, the author, which is John, who wrote, he said, um, That we might come to believe. Now that doesn't just mean that we might come to intellectually agree with but rather the the, the the Greek word for believe here means that we might come to embrace and entrust our lives to Jesus and the reality of who he is. And so uh, we're gonna just continue to jump into this. We've been in John chapter 15 for quite a while. I want to uh, not go all the way back to verse one. So uh, we, we spent a lot of time in verses one through 11, uh, and the theme of that portion is really this idea of Jesus calling us to abide. Everybody say abide. Uh, we defined abide uh, as... Uh, to abide is to rest and remain in the life-giving union and intimacy of mutual indwelling. Not going to unpack that all the way, uh, but simplify it to say that we're called to receive from Jesus by resting and remaining in Jesus. Amen? To to sort of summarize these first 11 verses, I tried as, as much as I could to uh, shorten them so that I could talk about them longer. It's a gift preachers have. Um, and uh, so we, we we sort of summarized uh, the whole thing this way. Uh, Jesus here declares to his disciples that you are a branch abiding in the true vine, cared for by the vine dresser, destined to bear much fruit. That is uh, his message to believers. Again, I always wanna stress as we walk through this text, this is one of the rare times in scripture that we know that this message, this th- these verses, this these statements made by Jesus were made exclusively to believers. Uh, much of the Bible is an open letter. This is what we would call a closed letter. Now, here's how what I like to say, that, that Christians, that followers of Christ, are the most exclusively inclusive family on the planet. There are things that apply only to us, and yet all are welcome to become one of us. Uh, no one, no one, listen, listen, no one is born a Christian. Everyone must be born again a Christian. Everyone has to be born anew. So, so my, my ability to stand up here and, and, and say that, that if you are not a follower of Christ, you are not a believer, you've not repented and believed the gospel, that everything I'm about to say this morning doesn't apply to you is not a judgmental statement on my part. It's simply a, a, a proclamation of the truth. And here's the reality. At one point in my life and at one point in the life of everyone in this room, these statements did not apply to them as well. And yet, through the regeneration of of repentance and faith, the the complete, final, finished work of Jesus, we have been made his family, amen? We've been brought into relationship with him, and these things can't apply to us. So if if you're here and you're angry, well, I I encourage you to get happy, join the family. It's better on our side. We have brownies. (laughs) So with all that being said, uh, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, This is John chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 7 this morning, so a little bit of of kind of this call to abide, a little bit of this branch and vine, and I believe this morning will be the last time we sort of read these these verses, Lord willing. It's bad when the guy preaching doesn't even know how long we'll be in the passage. It's the truth, though. John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus speaking here. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Big, bold claim that we're finally going to get to unpack this morning. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love." If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is what I mean. Life with Jesus is better than life without Jesus. Can I get an amen from any Christian who believes that? Okay, so I'm not the only one. Got some friends in the room. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. This is the word of the Lord, church. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for your word. God, thank you for your word. We praise your name, for you are a God who speaks to your people. You're not a God who, who who stands afar off in silence, but you are a God who draws near and who speaks not only to surface level stuff, but to deep, meaningful, soul-abiding things. Lord, I pray that this day you would would give us the capacity to receive that which you would say to us. As you say in your word, you would give us ears to hear. God, that he who has ears to hear would hear today, would hear the whisper of your voice in the midst of your word. God, that we would hear your whisper, that you would break through all of the clutter and all of the surface and all of the distraction and all of the, the, the other things. God, you would deliver your word deep within the hearts of your people, that we would receive it, that it would begin to do its work. Even now it would begin to do its work. God, I pray that we would not just receive it with our minds, but we would receive it in our soul as well. Deep down in the core of who we are. That it would, it would go beyond just the arguments of our intellect and would get down to the intimacy of our spirit and of our soul. God, that we would be a people that would respond to what you're doing even when we don't understand it. Even, God, when it goes against some of the things that we have thought in the past. Oh, that we would be a people more committed to knowing the truth than to what we know is the truth. Where there is correction needed in our thinking, correct our thinking. Where there is encouragement needed in our hearts, let there be encouragement. That we might do just what you say you appointed, destined, and, and have purpose for us to do, that we might go and bear fruit. And that it might abide and remain as we love one another. And know the joy that is yours in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Go ahead and greet somebody around you real fast and then grab your seat. Amen, amen, amen. Ha- Shortly after my wife and I first got married, um, we started having some car trouble. And uh, I, I remember we, we had, somebody had given us a car, um, which is, which. how many of y'all, if anybody's ever been given a car, you know that it is a, a blessing and a chance for you to learn how to do automotive work. Uh, So shortly after we we got married, we had this car and and I remember it started having uh, some problems and I I went to talk to some people who knew stuff about cars and they're like, oh, it's just one of your belts is loose and uh, you just need to get a, uh, the belt tensioner needs to be replaced and I was like, oh, cool. And by the way, I know nothing about cars now, I know less back then. And and being a a newlywed husband, I I told my wife, oh, I can totally fix this. Um, The guy who didn't own any tools was like, I can fix the car. And about the time I had a fourth of the engine dismantled, I'd leaked out all of the fluids in the engine all over the parking lot of my apartment, and the manager had come by and said, you're not allowed to do that here, I figured out I should probably call somebody. So I called my grandpa who rebuked me harshly and put my car back together for me and fixed it and and taught me how to do it. Uh, By the way, for anybody younger than 30, this was before YouTube, so be quiet. My YouTube was grandpa, right? Like, he, he came and just, you know, and it was better because he just did it. Um... I share that because this is one of those mornings where I realized about halfway into preparing this morning uh, that uh, preparing for this morning, rather, that this was one of those jobs that I, I lack the capacity to do, that which I feel the Lord wants to speak to us as a people this morning, I don't have internally within me the capacity to communicate this, so you're going to have to hopefully just catch what i'm saying more than really understand what i 'm saying if that makes any sense. Uh, again, as always, I encourage you. Uh, to send nice emails to me if you would like. Uh, if you don't know my email address, ask anyone in the church. Everyone knows it. Um, it's mark at uh, If you're taking notes, and, and I hope you are, because this is, this is really, we, we've been sort of driving to something uh, as we've been walking through this text, and I really feel like this is part of... Uh, really trying to wrap it up in some ways, but really it's the culmination of it in another sense. And so there's much that needs to be covered. And so I'm gonna talk really, really fast and you're gonna to have to listen really, really fast. Um, so if you're taking notes, I hope you are. Uh, I wanna to talk to you under the title, Dearly Beloved, Dearly Beloved. I wanna to talk to us about, about a family affair, about, about the reality of our existence within the family of God. Jesus in verse nine tells us that he loves us With the same love that the Father loves him. And that's a that's a statement that ought to be shocking and scandalous and bother some religious people. Because if we understand anything about God, we understand that Jesus is saying that we then become the recipients of that kind of love. I, I try to summarize it this way: in just in just being blunt with us. Jesus loves you with the same measure and to the same degree that the Father loves Jesus. That's one of those truths that the reality is most of us believe one of those things. Either he loves me with the same measure but a different type of love, or he loves me with the same type but less. And Jesus obliterates that when he says, no, I love you with the same type of love to the same measure of love that, that the Father loves me, the same quantity and the same quality of love that God experiences within himself, we are called to experience. I've said it this way, you are are the object of divine, supernatural, Trinitarian, extraterrestrial love. You are loved with a love that is not of this world. And Jesus here is calling us to live as uncomfortable as that reality can make us sometimes, come on. We're called to live, to abide, to rest and remain and receive from that love. As we've jumped into these, these verses, really starting in verse 12 through 17, last couple of weeks I've been trying to, 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 to communicate some things to us, the first thing we saw is that Jesus loves you freely. How I said this was you are loved without cost, you are loved without cause, and you are loved without caution. You are loved without any cost to yourself. You are loved without any cause within yourself, and you are loved without any caution from yourself. Jesus is not withholding some of himself, afraid that you might hurt him or reject him. Jesus has already rejected your rejection. Jesus has removed our rebellion. We are loved freely. That's a good place for Christians to say amen, by the way. Just helping you out. Next, last week, we saw that you are loved as his friend. We we saw this in in contrast, in Jesus calling us friend, he contrasts that with the idea that we are are servants. Servants and masters have a one-way relationship. Servants serve their masters, right? It's not rocket science, right? But Jesus says, no, we're friends. I serve you, and you serve me. There's a mutual serving that happens here. Again, again, come on, if you were raised in church very much, this is probably making you uncomfortable. She's like, no, 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 I serve Jesus. He doesn't serve me. Well, then you're going to hell. Mark at Sozo Spokane <laughs> dot If Jesus does not serve you, come on, come on. If, if we are not willing to admit our need, come on, apart from him, our need for redemption, then we are left, the scriptures say, in our sin. We are left dead, we are left separated, we are left isolated, we are left alone. But if we allow his work to be done on our behalf, then he serves us and we are redeemed. And yes, there are things that we are called to serve him, but I always want to stress this, that is not we stop abiding and go serve him. But he is clear within this text that all of the, uh, the, all of the capacity, all of the ability, all of the power to do all that he calls us to do can only be ours as we consistently, constantly remain in a life-giving union with him. We don't stop abiding so we can go serve, but rather our serving flows from our abiding. This week, where I, where I want to sort of wrap this up, is that Jesus loves you into his family, this relationship that he talks about where we're allowed to, to not ask him to ask the Father for things for us, but to just go directly to the Father. This is crazy to me. This is this is outrageous. And, and I can hear some of you saying, oh, no, 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 we're no. We're not loved into his family. We're redeemed into his family. Okay, hot shot. What is the motivator for the redemption that is ours in him, if not his love? Come on, it's at every football game, John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what's the what's the thing underneath the thing that actually redeems us? His love. His love. He loves you into his family. I had this thought the other day while hanging out with the Lord. So, so we, we talked about some of this, and, and this is one of those things where I, I lack the vocabulary to say this right. So I hope you can hear my heart in this. When we understand the Trinity, Jesus is, 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 is sort of speaking in Trinitarian language. He's talking about the, the Father and himself. He talks about the Spirit as he continues on in this. We'll, we'll unpack that here in a little while. But, but as he's talking about this Trinitarian language, he's just got me thinking through Trinity. I love the, the, the theology, the doctrine of the Trinity. It's, it's fascinating to me. And as I was meditating upon this and how, how, how we are drawn by his love into his family, I had this, this epiphany that, that really the Trinity... Is perfect love, perfect love, loving 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 perfect love, until it just begins to spin until there is one God. Until all we see is the perichoresis, the, the spinning circle dance of God, and, and we look to that and all we see in the midst of that is love. And what I found so fascinating as I thought about this is we, we both find our genesis in that circle dance. We come from it. God said in the beginning, let us make man in our image. Can I propose to you, he was not speaking to the angels. He was speaking amongst himself. That love desired to express itself in demonstration, and so he created us. But not only is it our genesis, but it's actually the thing that that we are drawn back to. As we see him, as we understand him, as we know him, we're drawn back into that relationship because he loves us. And I fear that for too many of us, we've become fascinated with, with, with the idea in redemption of the, the legality of our, of our inclusion in his family, the legal steps that God took to adopt us. I, I, I'm grateful for those, amen? I'm grateful that I legally belong to him. But a legal adoption that is not a loving adoption, how many of you know is not a real adoption? And the legal stuff is only partaking in because there's the love stuff. Because he loves us, he was willing to do whatever it took legally to make us his own. So he includes us. He says, he says in this text that he chose us. I know for, for all of my non Presbyterian friends in the room, you're uncomfortable with that. That sounds a lot like predestination, pastor. Don't worry, it is. <laughs> he chose you. You didn't choose him. You may have to wrestle with that, however you need to wrestle with that, but what you can't do is grab a Sharpie and write it out of your Bible. You are adopted into the family of God. Now, this morning, I'm going to do my best because I lack vocabulary. I'm going to go to the best place I know to find vocabulary, and that is the Bible. Somebody like, dictionary? Um, John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. But to all who did receive him, that is Jesus, all who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That sounds a lot like predestination. I know it is. Ephesians 1.5 says, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Romans 8.14 through 16. We'll be up there eventually. There we go. We're going to unpack some of this air stuff today. Galatians 3:26 says, "For in Christ Jesus, you are sons of God through faith." Later on in Galatians, in four verses uh, uh, four through six, or four through seven, rather, it says, "But when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of His Son into our hearts crying. Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You are adopted. You belong to the family of God. This is this is this is this idea of predestination that God loved you first. You don't get to claim you loved Him first. He gets to be the one that initiates, that is the genesis, that is the starting point, that is the source of your redemption. And what Jesus seems to say in in John 15, really 12 through 17, is that you you are to expect and are expected to function as a member of his family. You are to expect, it is, it is right for you to expect as a redeemed son of God, it is right for you to expect and you are expected to function, to, to, to operate in alignment with your new parentage. Let, 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 me, let me try to explain this. Here's a hard truth for some people to hear. My kids got all their good looks from me because my wife still has lots of good looks and I don't have any so clearly I gave all my good looks to my kids right our kids are like us my kids are sarcastic smart alecks because of their dad my kids are generous servants because of their mom right like we we are like our parents. And what I'm saying here today, what Jesus is really getting at as he talks about about moving in authorities, he talks about answered prayers, he talks about these things, what he's really saying is, hey, your adoption is not just some sort of legal hoops that I had to jump through. Jesus did not, in going to the cross, Jesus did not travel to the heavenly DMV and get all your paperwork in order. He actually, lovingly made you his brothers and sisters in Christ. He actually made you a child of God. So much so that God could send the very spirit of his son within you so that you can refer to him not just as dear heavenly father, but as Abba, which is a term of intimacy and and familiarity, not just familial relationship. He he gives us the right to call him dad, not just father. And there is an expectation upon us, again, again, don't let religion sneak in here and go, okay, this is the part where we have to get up from abiding and go start doing stuff. No, no, all of this flows from the fact that I'm I'm just resting and abiding in him. I'm remaining connected, life is flowing through me, and fruit is a byproduct of that. You, you don't go into a vineyard and hear the vines groaning. The branches are not like, like sweating because they're just working so hard to produce. As long as they stay connected, come on. As long as the vine is true, and how many of us come on? I need an amen from some Christians. I need some, I need some a little bit of excitement from some Christians, our vine is true. Our vine dresser, caring for the vine and for the branches, is a good vine dresser. Amen? Amen. So, so then fruit, what Jesus says over and over and over, he's like, look, fruit is just the byproduct. You don't, gotta, you don't need to aim for it. Aim for abiding. Fruit will take care of itself. Are we called to be fruitful? But trying to be fruitful, if y'all haven't figured this out yet, let me help you, doesn't make you fruitful. Abiding makes you fruitful. What we're talking about with this is the fruit. So the path to it is not to try for it, the path for it is to abide, to remain in a life-giving union of mutual indwelling and intimacy. So we are expected and we ought to expect that we are to function as members of his family. I believe the longer and the deeper you abide, the more fully you are convinced that you are adopted. The more you just rest in him, the more you remain in him, the more you receive from him, the more your heart is convinced, oh, he is good, and I'm his. I think Jesus, within this text, he says, we can be assured of, of, of at least, of at least, but I'm, I'm going to give us three things. Three things that we can have assurance of. Three expectations, that, things that we should expect, amen, and things that are simultaneously expected of us. The first is this, that your Father hears and heeds your requests. That your Father hears and heeds your requests. How many of you believe that when Jesus prayed, stuff happened? how many of you believe that God hears you when you pray? Then 1 John 5, 5 says, you ought to expect that you will have the answer to what you pray. (laughs) Everyone said yes got real loud that God heard them, and like four, you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. See, the religious spirit wants me to qualify Jesus' statement that our prayers ought to be effective. It wants to to throw upon us a bunch of, 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 of things that we have to do in our strength in order to get our prayers answered. But Jesus makes no qualifiers like that. All he says is if you just continue to abide, answered prayer is part of the fruit. As long as you just may remain connected, life will begin to flow where there used to be death. Come on, come on. And answered prayers just become a part of that. You, you should expect your prayers to be as effective as Jesus' prayers. But here's the problem. A bunch of people go, yeah, but they haven't been. I, I'm not, I'm, look. Do you believe your experience or do you believe the scriptures That's really easy to amen now It's really hard to amen when there's a situ- when there's a mountain that you don't know if it's going to move or not Here's what I want to say and and I want to say this before I say this <laughs> What I'm about to say is in no way meant to bring condemnation it is meant to produce liberation you hear me? You can either get offended at what I'm about to say and go, like, you're just, you're just piling one more problem on top of my already problem. You don't need me to give you more problems. You're plenty good at making your own problems. What I'm trying to do is free you from some of the wrong thinking that leads us to the problems. So here it is. Often, a lack of authority in prayer is tied to an unwon heart. What do I mean by an unwon heart? A heart that has not yet been won over to the truth of the declaration of righteousness Jesus makes over us. So here's how that comes out. Well, I I can't expect my prayers to get answered because I was sinful last Tuesday. I can't expect my prayers to get answered because I haven't read my Bible enough today. As As if it's like leveling up your tank as if prayer is like you charging your Tesla, right? Like, well, I have the battery's not full enough. I can't. I I can do like little prayers. I can like I can like I can like I have pretty good faith that my food will be blessed. Not if it's Taco Bell. <laughs> that takes great faith, by the way. I can do that, but I, I you know I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't really. I could couldn't pray for anything bigger than that or here, here's another one here's another one come on come on let's get honest let's get honest well pastor the bible says that, that only things that are in the will of god i have to pray in alignment with the will of god and i, I don't know the will of god <whistles> yes you do yes you do because <laughs> for who has understood the mind of the lord so that so as to instruct him but we, read it, but I don't know God's will. Well, you have his mind. Oh, people are getting real uncomfortable right now. This is fun. This is super fun. We have the mind of Christ. We got, we got, we got to get this out of the way. We got to, we got to settle this in our hearts. See, See. You, you go to pray for somebody and you got all this stuff up here. James says you're double-minded. So yeah, you shouldn't expect to receive anything. Your prayers won't be effective. The answer is not learn how to pray harder. Any, anybody else, come on, I, 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 need you, I need you to prove to me, come on, that you are this by responding to this. Do I got anybody else in the room who hung out with some real charismatic Pentecostally people in their life? They are better prayers than you. Come on, they're better at it. They're just I mean, like you get around them, you're like, "Yeah, amen. I'm not saying they're more effective. You just get more excited. It's like some of y'all are here because you're like, oh, I like the upbeat worship. Like, try raising your hands, participate. It's not a spectator sport, right? Like, worship is a team game, right? And you're part of the team. So, join us. The water's great. We have the mind of Christ, it is ours. I'll unpack that here in a little bit, but let me just keep proving this point to you Philippians 2 5 through 7. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours. In Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Here's what I mean. I think there's a tie here to, to Romans 12, 1 through 2, to abiding. I think Romans 12, 1 through 2, is talking about what happens as we abide. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. You can know God's thoughts. You have the mind of Now Listen. All of these verses, I'm not going to go back over all of them because I got other stuff I got to get to. All of these verses have a, have a thread through them, and the thread is this that there is a certain amount of this that is done in community. Have this mind among yourselves. I'm not saying that you get to just, in and of yourself, in isolation, without anybody else around you, can know fully everything that God ever thought. You're, I love you. I love you. I love you. Your brain's too small it would explode and ooze out of your ears. So God gives us the body of Christ so that we can collectively know. This is part of why it's so important to us that you get plugged into community, that people know you and you know them. Whether that's officially through one of our belong groups or whether, I don't know, you're an adult and you can make your own friends. Thank you, belong group leaders. I love you, (laughs) keep up the good work. I'll, I'll never forget going and visiting the first time I ever did a pastoral visit. A woman was, was dying. I was a youth pastor. The, the senior pastor asked me to go and, and be with him as, as he was doing this visit. And, and it was a part of a different sort of stream of, of, of Christian and church. They, they're believers. They're, they're brothers. In the, they're, they're on our team. But, but just had a different thinking in this area. And I remember him praying for her. And he said, Lord, if it's your will, would you heal her? But Lord, I know that you'll comfort her and you'll comfort her family regardless of whether you heal her or not. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock that guy for, for praying that way. Here's what I want you to see. He had all the assurance in the world that God would comfort her, that God would comfort her family. He knew that much of who God was, but he did not have any assurance that she would be healed. What I'm telling us is that it, it, it's, it's time for us, us, sozo, I'm talking to our church, to learn how to think with the mind of God. We have to elevate our thinking a little bit and trust, listen, that through this process of, abide, of abiding, which I think Paul is, is, is addressing the same process here in a different language. right? Like Jesus says, "Abide in me, I'm a branch, you're a vine, or I'm a, I'm a vine, you're a branch. Paul here's saying, "Be the sacrifice on the altar." S- same thing. And through that process, come on, Life begins to flow where death used to be in our minds. But this, we, we've got to get rid of this thinking that says, well, okay, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just snow-covered dung. I'll never really be saved until I die. None of the verses I just read said any of that. You have the mind of Christ after you take a dirt nap. No. You have it now. Do we need to learn how to function this way? Absolutely. Is there, is there, is there, a, is there some time where we got to learn how to navigate like this? Yes, yes, yes. Amen, yes, and yes. But we need to do this. We need to learn to think with his thoughts. We'll unpack that in, in weeks to come, I think, but, but we'll leave that for now. The next, the next thing that Jesus says that we should expect and is expected of us is that you have a part in the family business. How many of you believe that God is at work in the earth today? Okay? you are called to be a part of that as a member of his family you, you, you <laughs> everybody t- uh, you're going to not like me because I'm going to ruin your thinking here for a second everybody take a deep breath and let it out now you're going to have to think about breathing for the next 30 seconds have fun um, if you just took a breath you have a purpose how can I say that because oxygen is a limited resource. And God does not waste his resources. So if he's investing air in your lungs, you have a purpose. If you did not have a purpose, God would suck the air to your lungs, you would fall over and be gone. And people are like, what happened to Jerry? He's like, oh, he doesn't have a purpose anymore. <laughs> one, of my, one of my heroes in, in, as a pastor, it was a guy who's since gone to be with the Lord, his name is Wendell Smith. He used to say that, um, if, if you if you refuse to believe that you have a purpose in, the, in that people have a purpose in God's plan, that really what we should do is hold crusades, have everybody come forward, you know, that wants to pray and get saved, and then make sure everyone's saved. Make you know, do a little interview real fast, and then just shoot everybody in the head so they could just get to heaven faster. He's a little more morbid than me. I just think God would just suck the air out of your lungs. <laughs> See, you have a part to play in the family business. God is at work. And he has he has created. Here's the picture I got this morning as I was praying for y'all. That, that God has a business, He has a family business, and there's an office with your name on it. There's an office with your name on it. There's a, there, there's a, there's a role for you to play. There's a part for you to play. Jesus says this in Luke 19, verse 13. He calls the ten, calling ten of his servants, he gave them. This was the wrong verse. Doesn't matter, it actually works. Um, I'm so good I can make it work. So he says, engage in business until I come. Engage in business until I come. This is the call of Jesus to us as his disciples, to engage in, business, to engage in the work of the ministry, to engage in what he is calling us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this will be even better. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. That sounds a lot like predestination, pastor. I know, it's okay, it is that we should walk in them God has has an office come on with your name on it he's prepared some work for you to do within his work now no, that, are you supposed to stop abiding to go do that work no how do you do that work abide i'm just telling you when this stuff starts to happen this is the good stuff that's happening now i want to get i want to get i want to get super practical here for just like 3 minutes can i get practical for 3 minutes I want to give us three ways, real quick, three ways, I know I already said I have three, there's three and three, it's a supersize me deal. Three ways that we do the work of the kingdom. Three ways that we do his, that we, we participate in his purpose. First, first, shouldn't be surprised by anybody who knows me, through proclamation, through, pro, through the proclamation of the gospel. How, how, do, we, how do we participate in the, in the purpose of God? Well, first, I should have done this beforehand, but I'm still learning how to preach. Um, what is the purposes of God? Why did God make all this? I've taught I've you this before. The cosmos, all of creation, is a theater upon which the glory of God, or the nature of God, is meant to be put on display, thus broadcasting his glory. When the nature of God is put on display, we call that his glory. When we see God for who he is, when, we sh- when he shows forth his nature, when he shows forth his character, we say, that is the glory of God. All of creation is meant to be a place to show forth the glory of God. How do we participate in showing forth the glory of God? We proclaim the gospel. Everywhere we go, all the time, we proclaim the gospel. You are to preach the good news of God's grace and the truth of his love to all who you come in contact with. Because as the gospel is preached, come on, as the gospel is preached, people are converted, as people are converted, they join the purposes of God and become one of the ones that gets to demonstrate his goodness, and then they go out and preach, and the earth gets filled with more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Are you tracking? This is part of how we fill the earth earth with the kingdom and the glory and the purposes of God. We just preach the gospel. You go, how is that going to change the world? Listen, (whistles) it is. We exist in a world that has been utterly shaped by the preaching of the gospel. Track back 2,000 years ago. Read a history book. 2,000 years ago, the world was a very different place. You want to know what happened? The gospel happened. And it is transforming and will continue to transform and will always transform the world. And we get to be a part of that. Next, prayer. We get to participate in the purposes of God, in his plan, in his business, through prayer. Not just general generic prayer, I'm talking about praying for signs, wonders, and miracles, for the demonstration of the kingdom on the earth. I thought I had charismatic people in the room. I get all the Lutherans and Presbyterians are being quiet, that's fine, I get y'all. Mad respect. But come on, we we are called, we, we talked about this already, we should already be excited. We are called to have authority when we pray. We participate in his purposes. Jesus is saying here, right, like that he has appointed us to bear fruit. He ties that with our ability to see answered prayers as we pray, as we step out and we pray and expect God to move in mighty powerful ways. We need to pray powerfully. We need to pray prophetically. We need to pray and expect our prayers to be at least as effective as Elijah's, at least as effective as the apostles, Let's see if I get an amen. At least as effective as Jesus is. Because he said, if I go, it's better for you. But I'm getting ahead of myself in the text. We are called to participate through the proclamation of the gospel and through prayer. Here's where where I get ridiculously practical, and this is going to be super fun. It's going to be too practical for a bunch of you, and it's going to be too supernatural for the other half of you, and I'm just going to enjoy that for a second. So just let me land this, and just let me enjoy this for a second. We are called to participate with the purposes of God practically. Just practically. Widows and orphans. Caring for the poor. Super practical. Now let me shift it. I also think that there's a, there's a, there's a realm in here that you are to function as an agent of the kingdom in every arena that you walk into. I'm gonna, I, need, I, need to, I need right now to elevate some of y'all's occupations. You don't just work your job to get a paycheck. You work your job to bring the kingdom to the place where you work. You, you, you work your job to be an ambassador of another nation. There is not a field in which believers ought not to be there to be a light. There's, there's something prophetically for our church specifically on this right now. See, again, this is, this is one of those things, as long as you think, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I can't do it. No, 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 we have to get rid of that thinking. I have the mind of Christ. I'm abiding in him. This isn't being done. I'm not, I'm not drawing out of my, own, my, my old nature, my old heart, my old self, my old motivations. I'm a new creation, so I have a new heart. I have a new mind. I have a new nature. I have new desires. Amen. So I'm going to believe that, and I'm going to step out and believe that as I walk into the places that God has called me to be, I'm bringing the kingdom there as I go. Am I preaching the gospel, yes. Am I praying, yes. Am I also practically bringing the kingdom everywhere I go, yes. Yes and amen over and over and over again. I believe God's calling specifically people within this house to shift your thinking as it relates to your occupation. I talked about this all the way back in January. I said that there's there's a there's a shift coming where God's gonna call us not only to be generous with what he gives us, but to become generators of what he gives us. And as, as listen, as long as you're thinking like, well, I just I just punched the clock and I just make, and then I can do ministry. No, 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 no. What you do ought to be ministry. Here's what I this is what I feel like he's saying. I feel like he, he wants to give some people in this room the wisdom and the discernment to be investors, to be inventors. You go, I'm not creative. I I feel this so strongly, I want to just say it. How dare you say what you are instead of listening to what your creator says you are? You go, yeah, but my whole life. Okay, yeah, but how much of your whole life have you learned to live from your new mind, and how much of your whole life have you lived from your old mind? Some of y'all, listen, some of y'all were handed a brand new car in the Lord and you're still complaining about the broken car that you still keep driving because you don't think you can drive the new car until you get to go to heaven. Are you tracking with me? I believe as we abide, some of you are gonna get weird ideas. Those are from him. Don't just throw them away. Learn how to develop the skill set so that you can actually pursue those things. I believe some of you are called to be entrepreneurs Start your own business. I have a dream. Can I share a dream with y'all that I've never shared with our church before? I've only shared with our elders. But I've shared this with our elders, so I feel like I can share it with you. I have a dream. Some pastors think about like tons of butts in the seats and tons of bucks in the offering. I don't really care. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I care about your butt in the seat. Not your butt, but you in the seat. But I don't really care how many of you are. But here's what I dream about. That every member of Sozo would either be an employer or be employed by somebody whose life is wrapped up in the kingdom. That no longer would we have to be beholden to organizations and organisms and and people that are not in the kingdom. Why, Why do I say that? Because I don't want you to have to think that your capacity to receive provision is tied to a fallen, broken world. Now, now let me, let me be really, really, really transparent with you all. Some of you just suck with your money right now. And you need to learn how to handle well and steward well what God's given you. That's the first step. Some of you are like, I'm going to go start a business. And all of the pastors in the room are going like, please don't. That's, a, that's, that's an eventual goal. That's something good to strive to. Right? But Jesus makes it very clear that we need to count the costs for these sorts of things. We need to develop the skill set, develop the understanding, get other people around us who, I don't know, know more than us. Last thing we should expect and last thing that's expected of us, you are to be a conduit of your Father's love. We're not getting away from this. This is, this is Summerfest, right? This is, this, is, this, is, this is what we mean. It's, we are called to not just be those who receive, but to be those who give out the love of God. Um, we, we are called to be those who are conduits is the word, not a container. No, I don't think of myself as a bucket where like, I just like come on Sundays and I just get filled up with the love of God. And then, you know, I go out there in the world jostles me and I spill some, so I have to come back next Sunday and get filled up. no, 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 no. You're a hose attached to the source. You're supposed to be sharing love everywhere you go. This is what I mean when we step into environments, the love of God should just exude everywhere we go. It should be flowing, it starts, come on, it starts with us learning how to love one another. We're still figuring that out, Christians are. <laughs> come on, anybody hung out with a Christian lately? We're still learning how to love each other. Yeah. But how many of you know it shouldn't stop there? We should be like him, if, if, if perfect love is loving perfect love and loving perfect love is loving perfect love and love, perfect love is loving perfect love and that's, that becomes the draw that draws us into him, what would have happened if within the people of God, come on, love began to love love. I I would dare to propose that we would become very attractive to the world outside. And it would become a whole lot easier to share the good news of who Jesus is if we, I don't know, lived like it. But again, your capacity to give love is directly tied to your capacity to receive love. I don't know why the Lord keeps giving me mean things to say to you, but he does. So um, (laughs) here's the word I got right, literally right before I walked into the room this morning. Will you stop being selfish and let yourself be loved by God? Well, I, I did this and I did that and I I've been, I've been. Will you stop being selfish and let yourself be loved by God? Well when he, he he showed his love to to Susie and she cried a lot. It's not really my thing. Will you stop being selfish and let yourself be loved by God? That one don't email me about, because he said it. I didn't say it, so just. So okay, your, your capacity to, to give love is directly tied to your capacity to receive love. Let me, let me land the plane with this: your, your authority to function as a family member is directly tied to your assurance that you are a family member. For too many of us, we don't know how to function as in family because we still don't really think we are family. Not really convinced of that. And to that, I would simply say, Jesus has chosen you as his beloved family. Let's stand to our feet. Um, we're going to do something this morning, and I, I'm, I'm going to be obedient. Um, hit the curveball. Um, specifically this morning, again, this I don't want to just rush through this stuff because... Um, The temptation, I think, let me get my stuff out of your way, Tyler. (laughs) The temptation, I think, for us is to just kind of want to leave this on an intellectual place. And here's here's the truth. That temptation comes to us because God begins to stir something not, listen, listen, we talked about this enough, I shouldn't have done back this, not up here, but down here. And we're so used to being run by what's up here that when something starts stirring down here, we go, let me just think this thing till it's dead. Let me do some mental gymnastics with it. Let me, let me try to work my way around it and just sort of settle this so I can have, I, I don't have any reason to actually have to begin to function as a member of the family. And here's what I felt like the Lord called us to do this morning. So I feel like he called us to... to to release some things into the hearts of his people this morning. No apology. We're a church that believes, come on, in the present day moving of the Holy Spirit. We're a church that believes in the present day moving of the gifts of the Spirit. So that means we're a church that believes in the prophetic utterance of God. Does that mean we don't believe the Bible? No. We love the Bible, amen? We love the Bible. We just think that God speaks through his word and through his people as well. What he speaks through his people is never out of align with what he speaks through his word and the voice sounds the same, amen? Because it is the same. So, so here are some things that I feel like the Lord wants to, to do this morning and, and, and we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna shift into some, some time of response now. And I wanna encourage you, if, if one of these things or, or a few of these things are you, to just reach out and to take hold of these things by faith. And this is the first one is that that God wants to release assurance in this room. He wants to settle in your own heart once and for all that you belong to him. Come on, if you're here and you've struggled with the idea that you're his, you've struggled with the idea that you belong to him, if you, if you as, I, as, I, if I've, as I've been preaching and talking about being a part of the purposes of God, you've said, well, well I, I can't do that because I don't really know if I really, I don't know where I stand with him. He wants to settle that, come on, in your heart once and for all. So that you can, I, I don't want any person, listen, I don't want any person leaving this room this morning with any uncertainty about where you stand with the Lord. Come on, he wants to settle that thing once and for all. You cannot move past where you are with uncertainty in your heart. James said it perfectly. A double-minded person shouldn't think they're going to receive anything. Tried to teach you in the past. Double-minded does not mean 50-50. It means the the existence of two things that oppose one another. You can 99% sure believe that you belong to him. And as long as there's that 1%, and we talked about this on Liberation Day, right? As long as there's a little Ishmael hanging around telling you that God's not good and you're not really who he wants you to be. He wants to give some assurance this morning. If you're here this morning, come on, and you need some assurance, as we begin to move into some prayer here in a second, I want you to just lift your hands and receive that assurance. The next thing I feel like the Lord wants to release this morning is some authority. Come on, there's some authority that the people of God need to start walking. Forget that. There's some authority that this house needs to start walking in, that you need to start walking in in the environments and the spheres and the places that God's put you. And I can feel in some of you already there's a wall going up. Hey, hey, don't put that on me. I'm I'm not putting anything on you. I'm telling you that you belong to him and it is right for you to expect to get to walk as a son in the earth come on it's not you're, you're not drawn from pride and ego anymore that's not who you are come on that's not who you are you belong to him you have the mind of christ you you are abiding in christ we've settled this already you yeah but i keep i not i'm not talking about that come on talk about who you are in him talk about learning how to trust his unction flowing through you there's some authority that needs to get released. I think in very practical ways, I think there's some authority that God wants to give some of you to be able to step out in faith at the right time, come on, with wisdom and counsel around you, step out. Starting a business, taking over a business, going to work for somebody in a field that isn't what you thought you were gonna be doing, but there's just something on that. some authority that needs to be released. Effective in prayer, effective in proclamation, effective in practical bringing the kingdom. The ability, come on, to not just be generous, but to be a generator. I know a man who God spoke to about this type of thing. Doesn't go to church, he's not a part of this house. He was living in a, in, a, in a house with like his testimony was like 10 or 15 roommates just kind of a deadbeat guy no real education no real prospects God put a dream in his heart to start a business that man started that business that business grew that business flourished and here's what I need you to hear that enabled that man to marry a single mom that he fell in love with and raise her kids provide all that they had need of to, to actually raise them with far more than they had need of that, man, that, that, that gave that man the ability to give more money away to missions than almost anybody I know. And we cheer that kind of stuff, amen? But here's the other thing it allowed him to do, to employ people that were unemployed before. Minorities without any education, he gave opportunity to not just work for him, but to become owners in the business with him. Raised people out of poverty. Church, that's the kingdom coming to earth. And here's one of the most amazing things I think has ever happened. Enabled him to uncover corruption and wrongdoing and evil in the industry that God called him to. Look, I love that he's given money to missions, amen? But how many of you know all of that is the kingdom coming? You being able to provide for your family is the kingdom coming. You being able to employ other people is the kingdom coming. If you're here specifically this morning and you're, you're, you, you own a business or that's something that's a dream in your heart, I want you to, to let somebody pray for you this morning. And the last thing I feel like the Lord wants to release is his affection in the room. There are many of you in this room who've never personally, privately, intimately felt the love of God for you. And he wants to release that into your heart, whether that's through a vision, whether that's through a feeling, whether that's through an encounter, whether it's through that, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna put him bo- in a box. I'm not gonna put a limit on it. But he wants to release some affection to you so that you can know that you are loved with the same love that the Father loves the Son. I said before that your mind would explode and ooze out your ears if he put his whole mind in you. Can I tell you the truth? Same thing happens to your heart, but that's by design. It becomes more than you can contain, so you it just spills out. So I wanna pray, I'm gonna ask everybody to just find some space for yourself, whether that's through closing your eyes, whether that's through kneeling, whether that's through moving somewhere else in the room. Yes, listen, Response is open. Communion, contemplation, celebration, all that stuff. I'm not unpacking all that today. We don't have time. I feel like we just need to release some of this, amen? So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we make room, we make space for you. Spirit of God, we we, we ask you to come and move. Spirit of the living God, we, we, we ask you to come and We ask you to have your way right now. Spirit of the living God, we, we, we wait. We declare we're not distracted, we're not in a hurry. That's not who we, if those feelings are within us, we declare that is not who we are. We are those who wait on the Lord, whose strength is renewed. Fall afresh, God. Fall afresh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For those in the room struggling to know if you belong to him, hear him declare over you this morning, you are righteous are his I hear him saying you are his beloved son in whom he is well pleased come on if Jesus if Jesus in his earthly life if the father felt it important for Jesus to hear that how much more do we need to hear that you are his beloved son He is what, you say, I haven't done anything yet. Jesus had done nothing supernatural at that moment in his life. And yet he was still the beloved son. Come on. I release assurance into the hearts of God's people this morning. Whether whether you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years or you're doing it five seconds ago, I release assurance into the hearts of God's people this morning. Never again will you question, doubt, wonder, or wander from the goodness of your God in your life. Never again will sin be able to find a foothold in you telling you you need to go do something to earn God's affection, telling you you need to go do something to earn satisfaction, to earn joy, to earn favor. No, 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 it is a gift, it is yours, and we release it now for you to receive in Jesus' name. I, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I feel like God literally wants to erase the memory of, of past sins in your life. I'm gonna get really graphic here for a second and I need you to give me some grace. There are people in this room, you've been addicted to pornography. God's going to erase websites from your mind. You, You won't even know how to find it anymore. Because you belong to him, that's not who you are anymore. I release new creature life into the hearts of God's people this morning, into the lives of God's people this morning. I release the capacity to walk in the fullness of the newness that is yours.
1: thespian masks, not the respirator, you know, but the, you know, usually actors, if they're in a play, they're wearing these masks. Well, that was us, but we were sitting in the audience, and I was looking for the presence of God to enter from one direction, you know, like from the door or from the stage left or something, but instead the Spirit of God began to increase his density in the theater. And as the density of his presence began to come and rise, it became heavy and thickened. And these thespian masks that we were uh, wearing began to fall off. The, The broken body of Jesus is described as this veil you know the story when Moses went into the presence of God's glory cloud he would go face to face an encounter But when he left the presence of God to go into camp he would have to wear a face because uh, a face mask that's a veil because it was too bright for others God wants us to walk into a new freedom and liberty of encountering with him. I wasn't sure how to apply this to what Pastor Mark was calling us to today until he got to the end. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you as a people have had more faith for healing, signs, wonders, and miracles then you have had faith for the outburst of God's glory in wealth. And he starts talking about this practical area, these generators, I call them financiers of the Great Commission. And I was struck with this sadness that I had little faith when it came to God releasing the power to create wealth in order that his covenant might be established. That's the Deuteronomy 8:18 8, blessing. Remember the Lord your God, for I've given you the power to create wealth in order that the covenant I established with your forefathers might be complete. When Pastor Mark was starting to talk to us about this generator not just generous I feel like there are many of us who are going to experience this dropping of the mask and we will be encountering the presence of God it's not just going to be a a wonderful experience for us but in this encounter God is going to release the power to create wealth in you in you in you, in you, in you to become financiers and investors in the Great Commission. God is dropping these masks to bring us a new sense of authenticity on what it looks like when people solely devoted to him pure in heart handle wealth. I'm not just talking about riches of money. These are Kingdom relationships that have access to land, buildings, resources. This innovation in the spirit, God wants to drop the veil from our minds to bring new ways of connecting to things that don't seem to be compatible. Bringing new ideas, business opportunities, and of course new resources, including cryptocurrencies, by the way. So if you are in this category, and it's just one subset of what I believe Pastor Mark has been talking about, if God is speaking to you about becoming a generator of wealth, receiving the power to create wealth in order that the covenant he established with our forefathers might be established. I just want you to raise your hand. We're going to take a step of faith today. I'm not saying open up your bank account. I am asking you to open up your heart to be willing to accept the power of God to create wealth. If that's you, please raise your hand. God wants to re- and worship team. this is for you guys too. So if you need to stop playing, Do so. God is releasing Deuteronomy 8.18 Remember the Lord your God for I have given you the power to create wealth in order that my covenant that I established with your forefathers might be established. Holy Spirit come and release the streets of gold that we might go unto the uttermost parts of the earth, carrying your glory and financing your gospel. Release your glory now. New ideas and innovations of the Holy Spirit, new thinking, new relationships, new access to kingdom resources for kingdom purposes, kingdom relationships, and kingdom results. Release your glory, Lord. Skill in investing. Skill in operating businesses. Skill in building partnerships and coalitions. Advanced techniques of manufacturing. Tax strategies. Corporate structures in Jesus' name. Release the power of God. To create wealth in Jesus' name. And I want those of you who are who have your hands raised, and if maybe you're too shy, that's okay. I want you to look around because one of the hallmarks of what I think Pastor Mark is is getting at is being willing to encourage one another. Encourage one another. Hey, brother, I've been thinking about this. What do you think? Can you commit to beginning to build this network of working together, sharing one another? You know, the Lord was telling me the other night about this business idea, and I Googled it, and I had never found anything about this. What do you think? God is going to connect us, and it's not just people here. He's going to connect us with others. Can I hear an amen? Our lack of faith does not mean we are restricted from a future of creating wealth as a financing uh, company for the Great Commission. Amen? Amen?
0: Miss this last piece. If you're here and you, you've never experienced for yourself the affection of God, when we talked, we talked about the assurance piece. We talked about the authority piece. Let's not miss the affection piece, because because I think for many of us this is this is the linchpin. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would begin your love. This is my prayer, Lord, that you would reveal your love to your people in personal and private and powerful ways that they will understand. It might make no sense to somebody else, but it's going to be just what they need. God, that 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 your people walking in authority would not walk in authority thinking they need to walk in authority to earn your affection, but they would walk in authority knowing that that they are the objects of your affection. That our assurance would not just be in the legal adoption, but in our loving adoption into your family. You adopted us legally because you love us. Let us know that love. like there are people here in the room this, this morning and I'm not trying to drag this on but, but I just want to be obedient there are people in the room this morning you have deep wounds from, from specifically from your earthly parents whether it's moms or dads that are, that's limiting your ability to, to, be, to be a recipient of the affection of the father even when I use that language it bothers you and he's here today to heal that wound and just like he erased some stuff from the memories of, of, of addicts he's erasing things from your mind. I'm not saying that what was done to you or what happened was was okay or that it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that 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 his affection heals every wound in your life. Hearts are being healed right now. I just I just want to do this. We're, we're gonna move into our response. And, and I, I, I asked the team to if we could sing the song we opened the service with, because I think there's a need, come on, to 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 believe because I can feel it in the room. Don't don't think that I can't. I can feel some of you kind of one foot in, one foot out. Is this really going to work? Is this really going to happen? I've been here before. I've done this before. That's part of the renewing of your mind that needs to take place. It's getting rid of that limitation, that hindrance, that that hesitation within your own heart. So I think some stuff needs to break through this morning and we need to start declaring that with God, come on, anything is possible. Amen. And so, I'm going to do I'm going to do three things all at once. I'm going to open up communion as we begin to sing as we begin to celebrate, I'm going to open up communion you come forward and partake in communion I also simultaneously want to open up the, both this, this front space if you need to make your way out of your seat, if, if the things that were prophesied prayed, declared, you need to grab a hold of those things, I'm, I'm not saying you need to because you have to earn it by walking forward, but sometimes, come on, you know sometimes you got to get out of the space that you're in and get to a new space and so I just want to make, make space up here, just try to leave, leave some aisles for people who need to take communion. Or if you, need, if you want somebody specifically to pray for you, if you're up here, our assumption is you want some privacy. You want some you and Jesus time. Weird that we make you do it in front of people, but that's just the way our building's set up. But if you want somebody to pray for you, we're going to open up the ministry team and let you walk over there and get prayed for and believe God to move in your heart and in your life that way. Amen? So Holy Spirit, we thank you for the way you move. We thank you for speaking. We thank you for the for the release that you are causing to happen in this room and in our lives. And we declare with all faith and all assurance and all substance, God, that nothing is impossible for you. We we sweep we decide, we we make the decision to stop looking at ourselves and we look at you. I'm not looking at my ability or my capacity outside of you. I'm looking at your ability and your capacity inside of me. With man, some things are impossible. But with you, God, nothing, 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 nothing is impossible. I can know that I belong to you. I can know the authority that you've called me to walk in. I can know your love that you have for me. Because you're just that good, God. You're just that good. God, we declare it. We believe it. We receive it. Come on, church. Let's respond to the Lord.